Podboys Productions. Welcome back to Movies Are Relevant on Brooklyn Rebound Network. It's uh, your boy, Pod True. And listen, I found this book. Well, I got, I'll be honest. I didn't find it. My partner, my paramour, Alex. Some call her Evil Alex. I never really understood why, but Evil Alex. We were moving and she she had... she showed me this book that was like in the back of her closet um i accidentally pricked my finger on it it had like uh i don't know some kind of teeth things on there um but then it opened right after that um so i think everything's fine it looks it's really old i don't think it must be an antique or something but anyway i decided you know i was gonna podcast with uh course Edash and I'm Eric today anyway so and he he knows more about this sort of stuff than I do so I, I'm gonna bring him in now let's see if I should be concerned what's going on Eric what's up buddy it's your boy young old boy love my hallway fights um yeah I've, I've been in a similar situation to you before with the, with, oh, the yeah. with the creepy old book actually fun note if you read it backwards it's liner notes to Pink Floyd's The Wall so Oh, does it start, is it completely backwards, like it starts with the last song on the album and goes up to, I don't know, Young Love or whatever, that's not the first song, but. You caught me with my pants out on that one, I don't know the names of the songs on Pink Floyd's The Wall. That's right, well I don't know the order either, but put your pants back on. Yeah, so anyway, I found this book, like I said, I hurt myself on it, but I'm pretty clumsy like that, so it's just like a paper cut, I guess. I don't know, kind of weird things have been happening since. I guess I really should bring in Evil Alex and really confront her about this uh, and and see because I I don't know I know you said it's normal Eric but I'm still I'm still skeptical. Well, if you need an exorcism or something. Yeah, maybe you can. We'll we'll talk and maybe you can uh, from your end over there. Maybe you can decide if that's something that's necessary. Anyway, welcome to the show, Alex. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and um, mm. yeah, I think that. You know, one of the ways that you can kind of combat that paper cut wound is by putting an alien on on the wound. Maybe it will an alien. Like, suck out the. Do you have? I didn't go after I found the book. I didn't dig further into your closet. But do you have aliens <laughs> in there as well for for that purpose? Well, no, they're like on a different location. But oh, okay, I we haven't moved that. I yet. have access to it, so. I'll... Right, you're gonna keep aliens in cold storage. Yeah. Exactly. There's, okay, they're in the fridge then. The yeah, freezer. for the moment when the the book cuts you, you know. Okay. Now, I did see our our, uh, our roommate, I'll say, for the listener, uh, Evil Alex and I live together. Do you like this name, by the way? I mean, I didn't make it up. I've heard this. You know, I was going to say, I don't, is this one that I have to stick with forever? If I have to come, if I come back on this podcast, am I going to no, continue I... to be Evil <laughs> Alex or do I get a cooler nickname? Maybe by the end of this episode, we'll find one out for, you know. Mine course... changes every week. Yeah. Well, I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll give you the quick backstory. Uh, yeah, I'm Padre, of course. You, you've met Enam, or at least you met him over mm-hmm. the it's computer like this. He's a uh, Padnam. Familiar. 
And then uh, I started calling Eric here E-Nam because it sounds like E-Nam and his name starts with E. That was basically all I thought about. There's nothing other. So, because uh, he kind of took over on so, yeah, some of the podcasts. He started being young, a different thing every episode. Like my favorite classic one was Young Clavicle, which is, was a reference to Tony Romo's uh, oft injured body part. If he wanted my clavicle, he could. All he had to do was ask. Yeah, I like the clavicle. It's a strong bone. Well, not in not in Tony's case, unfortunately. <laughs> not not yeah, not well, in this guy's case. Maybe not. He had a weak one, but Alex <laughs> knows a lot about. Uh, we know a lot about movies, Eric and I. Alex knows a lot about body parts, muscles, things, <laughs> things of that nature. I weirdly do. And speaking of body parts, yeah. So I I opened that book, and our our roommate, the other person we currently live with, I, well, not for long, but uh, they were acting kind of weird. Uh, you know, I. Saw them in the kitchen with a cheese grater, and they were doing something with it that I it didn't. They weren't grating cheese. Is basically what I'm getting at. You know, I didn't find that strange because they have a skin condition, and I thought maybe this is just a thing that they do. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, they should do it in the bathroom at least. There, I thought I would think you would have some kind of you know. Don't use. Oh, my is that what happened when you grater. like walked into the bathroom last night, and they were like, "Oh, don't judge my." Oh. something. And I, well, yeah, I didn't the... hear what they said, but I was like, "What just happened?" Yeah, yeah in that case, they they had a uh, talking to their mom on the phone, I think, and uh, yeah, saying rude things to their mom and said, "Don't judge me for that." Oh, I missed you know, that. You're, uh, I'm trying to. Think. I guess no one says rude things to their mom in the Evil Dead movie we watched. I'm trying to keep this big. Going. Sorry, I was trying to pull it's, from. It's real not life. your fault. <laughs> no. Nah. What really happened was there was no Evil Dead stuff with that scenario from last night. What it was was. Uh, our roommate was wearing a shirt that was like a mus a muscle guy, not the guy's face. You know, like one of those shirts you put on that has like the pecs and like the six pack and like a muscle thing. Strong move. And they're like, "Don't let me cover my titties." They said something like that, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I'll burn my eyes." Okay. Yeah, our roommate's weird. Basically, <laughs> we're also weird, so it's fine. Yes. So. Listen, on movies are relevant, of course. Uh, we talk about a more current film, typically, and we pair it with a classic, what's considered a classic film, at least, um, just by people now in general, I guess, by critics, by life moving forward. And now these, I mean, the, the one today is really one of the, probably the most classic ones we've done, would you say, Eric? Yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, I don't like watching... I don't like watching movies that are that old, so like nineteen eighty six is uh, cutting it pretty, cutting it pretty close to the cutoff for me. But yeah, I make uh, Eric watch a lot of forties, fifties. I mean, it's you guys have a lot in common because <laughs> I off was the... like, oh, you make him watch them too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Off the podcast, I make you, Alex. You know, uh, watch a lot, even more than you probably uh, at this point, Eric. So, uh, but I don't make you talk about them, Alex. Usually, but. This time you volunteered, so it's all right. I just do with you anyway. (laughs) Yeah, so we watched Evil Dead Rise, the newest edition of the Evil Dead franchise, which came out a couple weeks ago. And uh, we paired that with the, you know, the James Cameron banger, Aliens from 1986. I believe we watched, I think you did, you said Eric off mic, but we definitely watched the, I believe, the extended version, which I couldn't find any other versions now. Uh, online um, so is that one now we had so that like i said it's one of the most classic because it's a, like a blockbuster 
other ones that made you watch that are classics, like from the 50s, etc. They obviously have a different feel. They're not... The, the 80s, mid-80s was really this era that super started the blockbusters like this. You know, at the top of the pile, one of the biggest examples of that type of film. Yeah, unless Notorious by Alfred Hitchcock was a blockbuster in its time, I think it's definitely, like, the biggest movie we've watched. It was in a way, I guess. I think it was his only film to win Best Picture, Old Hitchcock. But, Deservingly so. But that one, of course, he had original. This, the other thing that makes this interesting in terms of like the legacy of just cinema in general or films in general is that it's a sequel, uh, also a sequel as the same lead character, but a different director and I think writers and everything. Uh, even the effects are done by a different person. So before the mid eighties, there there was sequels, but it wasn't. That's when I think it really started being a thing. Now maybe it's to the detriment of films today that are all IP and stuff like that. Um, going back to Evil Dead, we decided to watch that, and then you had seen it first, Eric. So you said Aliens might be a good pair, and I, I see now one of the main reasons why, having watched them both. But also, I guess they are. The Evil Dead franchise also started in the 80s, right? I believe the early 80s, the first one came out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That and the direct homage in um, Evil Dead Rise to Aliens uh, with the, you know, the hallway shot and the, the you know, when, when she's looking through the people and, like, seeing all the violence from a remove like they do in Aliens, we can get into it later. Yeah. And obviously the the... the mom figure with the little girl and all that stuff um but but with evil dead and aliens both they yeah they started in the 80s the second one was the biggest one for both of them uh evil dead 2 and aliens there was some time off in between a lot more for evil dead than with the aliens franchise but they still to this day are making new ones basically with new directors and everything like that i think sam raimi is still produces all the Evil Dead one, so it's a little bit different than Aliens, but he's not directing them still and everything like that. So Evil Dead Rise was directed by someone named Leek Cronin, who I'm not, I guess he's an Irish director that I was not previously familiar with. He only had one other feature film directed, which I believe was a horror also. I'm not sure if you've seen that one, Eric. Uh, it's like The Hole in the Ground or something like that. I've never seen a Lee Cronin joint before. Um, I did not know what to expect. Yeah, I mean, that was his only other one, I think, so you didn't have that many opportunities. But let me ask you, so Alex, you said you had never watched any of the... I haven't seen the, either of either franchise, except the okay. two that we just watched. <laughs> Wait, what? You haven't okay. seen Alien from... Which is kind of wild, because I've watched a lot of horror, but I feel like I've seen a lot more recent horror, and, like, the horror from the 80s I've seen is, like, more, like, Pet cemetery vibes, mm -hmm. and I can't think of any others besides that in this moment, but... Yeah, no, I haven't seen Alien or any of the others. Um, but yeah, it was an, it was an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll ask you in a little bit if you enjoyed either film. But um, yeah, so you had a, you were coming in cold. What was What's your history with the Evil Dead franchise, Eric? So pretty much the complete inverse. Um, I remember like being eight or nine years old and seeing Evil Dead 2, which was not like the best thing that I could have been allowed to watch at that age. Uh and really set me up for a lifetime of being this, so not not great on, on any fronts. 
But um, I remember I saw Evil 2 and Army of Darkness in pretty quick succession. I've always been kind of a completist uh, about stuff like that. And uh, yeah, especially Army of Darkness, like the weird world building, basically. Um, just kind of ripped my skull open. It was like, yeah, you can do that? <laughs> you're, you're allowed to do all of the things uh, the, the, the Rayman and his um, collaborators were doing. So that was exciting and, like, kind of changed me in a fundamental way. Uh, Aliens, I didn't really jump on until I was, like, in college. Yeah. I don't think... I didn't grow up with either of these franchises. I think I saw... Started watching all those from both of them in college age around probably as well. Aliens was it was always like a reference point for me. I kind of knew stuff about it through osmosis, but I never had like seen it. I guess it came out a couple of years before any of us were born, but um, so yeah. But it was always like a reference, and Evil Dead's a little more underground or a little more culty, I would say. Um, and for just the backstory for I guess a listener who doesn't know or or for you Alex like I, the first Evil Dead was uh, a really low budget horror film. Evil Dead Two is essentially just a reboot of it. It's basically the same film with the same actor Bruce Campbell. And then the third one is the Army of Darkness, what Eric was just talking about, which I wasn't sure if that count. I know it counts in the is it's in the trilogy of like the the Ash movies with the Bruce Campbell character. I wasn't sure if that counted as an Evil Dead film because I guess it does, but I wasn't sure if this yeah. this new one was like the fourth or fifth movie because then there that was a big Evil Dead two I think was a big a pretty big success, but the third one, the Army of Darkness one, was a big flop, and it didn't follow this exact it doesn't follow it's a little more of an adventure film isn't it than a horror like it doesn't exactly follow the same formula right it's a completely different kind of movie which like good good on them for trying something new i guess it is like indirect continuity with evil dead 2 like the like he gets sucked back in time through the book that he's been fighting in the woods i think yeah something like that i haven't seen that one in a while but i do remember enjoying it a lot um, and those first three are, or at least the second and third one, are pretty comedic also. Like, the Ash character is very, like, uh, the Bruce Campbell performances, he's pretty funny and everything, and, like, uh, sarcastic and all that. Then, there was also an Evil Dead show in the past decade with Bruce Campbell called Ash vs. Evil Dead. They had a couple of seasons that, that was also, like, a comedy horror. Did you watch that, or? I, I couldn't make myself do it. Okay. I, I was a fan of it. I think I saw all of them or most of the episodes. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. But there was the big gap between the third, that Army of Darkness movie, and then they rebooted it again, just, I think just called Evil Dead in like 2012 or 13 or something, maybe. Yeah, I think 2013, we can get, we can get the exact year and not look like buffoons um, if we want. Uh, but yeah, it was like a direct remake of the, the first and second Evil Dead movie. And yeah, that one didn't have, I feel, if I recall, I did watch it. I think I just saw like a bootleg of it. I just watched it online. I would don't, I don't remember being like excited for it or anything really. Um, but I was. yeah, I think cause maybe that's around the time that I started watching all these. So I don't think it's the first Evil Dead movie I saw, but it's possible that it was. I don't think it was though. So I, I think I had recently seen Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness and enjoyed them saw that the new one wasn't, like, 
Bruce Campbell. I wasn't like that same characters as a reboot, so I wasn't as excited. But I did see it, and I think I remember enjoying it all right. But it was it's definitely a lot darker and less comedic, I would say, right? And then now this, yeah. I guess, 10 years later, there's this Evil Dead Rise, which we'll get into. And it's still pretty... It's definitely not also not as comedic as the original ones. It's still pretty dark, I guess. But it's real nasty. It is yeah, like I didn't think it was funny friendly. at all. <laughs> it, it really wasn't, no. But I did something about it I liked better, I think, than the one from 10 years ago. The vibe or something. I mean, we can get into it here. One thing that's novel, I guess, is that it's a horror movie that takes place like in, this, in like a city apartment. Mm. Where all the other Evil Dead ones are like in a in a house in the woods sort of thing, mm-hmm. That's true. and then they kind of do things where you they can't the characters can't leave for whatever reasons like just I liked that setup though because otherwise mm-hmm. in a city it's like why doesn't someone like mm-hmm. hear you or or come to rescue you so like the setup of having it yeah. be an earthquake was like I was like oh this is a choice it's a clear choice oh, yeah. and I think it's. It's, like, setting it up nicely for, like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. I understand why they can't just take the stairs. <laughs> yeah, that's, so they found the book by, which is in all these, it's all these Evil Dead movies. It's called the Necronomicon. They found it in, under the garage or whatever when an earthquake opened up the, like, it is a very L.A. way to find it, I guess. <laughs> Other than, uh, at, at, like, in the, at the bottom shelf at Erwan or something, but... <laughs> Yeah, so the kid, the oldest kid, finds it, and in the in other movies, I think the book is just, like, in the creepy cottage, or in the house in the woods, or whatever, or in the basement of that, or something. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Like, in the basement. Yeah, and then, of course, someone always reads from it, and that's when the things start. Uh, and they're called, they didn't really say it in this movie, I don't think, they say it a lot in the TV show, they're called deadites, when the people turn into the, or the deadites go into the people and possess them, or something. I don't think they mentioned that I in this one. I don't remember that, so... Yeah. But, like, fans of the movies, I guess, just... Of the lore, just, just know that. Um, yeah, I don't think I would have known the book name unless you told me that while we were watching it. The Necronomicon, I don't believe they said also, that either. Also, I could never repeat that, ever. <laughs> yes, you can. So. Yeah, maybe he says it on the... Maybe he says it, like, once on the uh, record... Mm, yes okay. oh also bruce campbell i believe was it the voice of that the original character oh, was the voice cool. of that producer, whoever on the record yeah i think they so the, the kid finds the, these records next to the book conveniently that is like just don't instead of making a record to say why it's bad just don't tell anything about how to use the book though yeah that does seem silly but yeah so i mean we'll, we, we'll probably get into spoilers uh soon but is it I guess at this point, usually I say, we say if we like to the film or any general things about it before that point, but uh-huh. I'll I'll go first. I guess I I liked it better, like I just kind of said, than the the one from ten years ago. I would I liked the characters generally in it, um, and I liked like I said the setting of it. I thought there was some good gore. It was still it was kind of walking the line between cartoony gore and just like hardcore you know avert your eyes type stuff but i didn't really find it to be like torture porn to me like saw or something like that but they have definitely ramped it up over the years i guess 
and what they can do and show or, or what they're able to do. So like I, I thought this was like a solid like a solid B type of type of deal. I I do wish it was a little more comedic probably. But also it's a good, nice good basically ninety minute runtime. I know Eric and I were talking about doing the the new Ari Aster film, but I was afraid for our on the show and we we're we're kinda of planning to do that. Then we both kinda of saw the runtime is like three hours and we're like, uh I'll get to it eventually. It, yeah, that's how I'm kind of feeling now too. And this is just like, and so like Aliens is really long. That 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 cut of Aliens is like two and a half hours. But we we've seen that. We know what we're getting into, and that's like more of like a. I knew that would be fine, but uh, who knows what Aster is going to get into with with his three hours. Well, it's just three hours in a theater. Um, it's a tough hang. I did it for Avatar, but again, I knew what I was getting into. I knew that James Hammond that I would love Avatar, right? Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, we, we might talk about that someday, but... Uh, yeah, so that's basically what I thought. Like, it was just a solid... Pretty solid to me, some some good scenes. I like the performances overall. What did uh, you think, Eric? I loved it pretty unreservedly. Uh, this movie's fucking brutal, um, and I think does a really good job balancing, like, the the dread-based horror that... that I sort of prefer with just like the other kind of horror that that's that's mostly out there right like just a sequence of really nasty kills um I think it walks the line pretty well there I really found myself moved by the um the choice to set it in an apartment building that you can't leave because I said all throughout lockdown like I don't want to see a COVID movie I don't want to see a movie where the where the horror is lockdown based, and then they do it and they just trick me by not making it COVID. And it's like, yeah, I fucking love that one building, of course. So yeah, a uh, pretty unreserved uh, recommendation for me. Okay, well let's move around to Evil Alex here. Unless we'll we'll get it we'll get a new nickname maybe when we talk about aliens. Okay, or I can be Evil Alex. You you said you to Eric, you know you told Eric just now that you are into horror. Also, you guys both. I would say both of you are more a fan of it than I am, and Eric and I have t- debated it a lot over the podcast, what types we like. So, like, before you say your thoughts on the film, what is your your type of horror? Yeah, okay. Um, I would say I, I grew up strict Catholic, so the exorcism, like, Catholic-leaning... Um, movie like horror genre always gets me intrigued even though there's a lot of repetition in them but I think that was kind of the introduction for me of like being interested in horror being like oh you know like I don't know just like having been brought up Catholic and also like just dabbling in in horror um that's like my my original like love I'm not super into the like zombie scene but I'll watch a a good zombie movie I don't love the saws I don't really like the gory horror so that'll come out and what and how I talk about this one a little bit yeah I I don't necessarily tend to the like I guess I kind of like a ghost horror as well I like a good paranormal but I'm not like I don't know it's not my favorite, but I, I enjoy watching it. I love the, um, like, Insidious and the the 
what's their name? The like two people who always like the go conjuring ones. Yes, the conjuring yeah. that yeah, Eric that uh, franchise I enjoy. Eric pulled a reverse on me when I I make him watch old noir and stuff like that, and he he had me watch uh, the conjuring I think for one of ours. Yeah, I enjoy those. Yeah, so you guys are aligned on that. You like we've talked about before. Our kind of thing is like Eric usually does like more of the spooky, like the ghost type paranormal ones. I prefer more like uh, less of that and more just like slasher or you know. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the formula. I kind of like the formula of both of that. Both of these have where like the first half, both both by me and Aliens, even though it's more action and mm-hmm. Evil Dead, where like the first half or first third at least is like. You know something's gonna happen, especially if it's a sequel. You essentially know what type of thing's gonna happen, but it's just the buildup of all the characters interacting, and then eventually maybe they start getting picked off one by one. Neither of these have that one by one thing exactly, exactly. But anyway, but I also so. I also like a left field, like not really into like not really fitting in a genre mm-hmm. movie like horror or like borderline horror. I I like those two mm-hmm. that aren't yeah. they kind of come from left field. Um, I also love all of the, the, uh, Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all, all like, three of us are, are uh, pretty into that love for, those. for those for Peele. And the, the unique like qualities they have, so that's definitely um, something I love. Um, but regards to this movie, uh, I I didn't really know what I I really went in blind, so I I gave it you know a, a blank slate, um, and I really enjoyed. The acting I thought was excellent by all the children I was, like, really impressed with. And, you know, both of the female leads uh, were really captivating to watch. Um, I, it was just a little too much gore for me. I was kind of talking about this with Drew before. Like, during the movie, there there's, like, I can handle a gore when it's, like, so obscure that I can't feel it happening to me. But there's a level of gore, like cheese grating my leg that I can feel visceral like a visceral mm-hmm. like it's something that like if it could happen to me then I'm like oh it like hurts more because I have like yeah I don't know this like empathy for that but that I can handle a gore that's like I don't know the peeling of the scalp I was like yeah that hurts mm. but I, I don't need to look away from that but there was definitely some moments where I was like this is just really uncomfortable for me and I did close my eyes which I don't do often but I also don't do gory movies often so for me it it pushed the border of that gore further than I enjoy so that that'd be the only thing that I was like "Eh." it's just a little too much for someone who doesn't like gore you know but other than that I I think the plot line was good I enjoyed the action I felt like it moved really well I, I was never bored, and I, I definitely was captivated mm-hmm. by all the act all the acting. So, yeah, for me. Yeah. Do you, do you, get, do you give it, like, part. a grade? Uh, not usually, even though I, I said B, but, but I, I don't usually do that. I'm just saying uh, it's kind of, like... Uh, I would say if you, if you don't like gore, stay out yeah. of it. But otherwise, like, it's an interesting movie. It didn't... What, going back to my opinions on the thing, I guess, of, like, gore and stuff, I, I do, like, interesting one, like, a grader we keep bringing up, or... <laughs> You you love a gnarly kill parade. You watch like giallos where people's like open heart wounds are being stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess the difference to me was something that I would consider like saw or torture porn is I I don't like lingering on it. Basically, I'll I like a couple seconds of like the oh that's the the visceral thing like you're saying the hand through the the knife through the hand whatever, but then it's on to something else. It's not like you're. 
the person's laying there getting tortured, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of the difference to me. I I like the creativity, I guess, of some of this, some of the shots in this and other Evil Dead movies. I never like eye stuff either when they like put Mm -hmm. needles in eyes and things like that. Ugh. Don't don't put your uh, eye up to the the thing ever in a. No, no, no <laughs> look no. at anything in all. Never. Well, we could get into spoilers to talk about more specific things. So overall, on our thoughts, you were Eric. You loved it. I was. I thought it was solid. I enjoyed it, but it didn't blow me away. And Alex, you thought it was. You, you appreciated some things about it, but overall, was it? It's not really your vibe, I guess. Yeah, wasn't my favorite. Yeah, but um, I, yeah, I, I'm with. A, I'm like a B. I would say a B also. Okay. And it's interesting you brought up the quarantine thing, Eric, which I didn't even yeah, I didn't think, think of. Either. I wonder if that had anything to do with it, or it's just like a... They probably wanted to do something different at this point Choice. than the cabin in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. <laughs> it's still, the bu- budget-wise, I think, you know, it's having it in one kind of setting is helpful for that. I did like the looking... I thought it was pretty good, like, the looking through the... It's not the most original thing ever, I guess, but uh, the way they did it was, was pretty novel to me, like the looking through the eye hole thing, especially with the little girl and her mom's outside and action is happening outside, like with the, the, the possessed mother, uh, killing people and doing things out there. Yeah. I liked all those shots, um, sequences. I really don't know how much they needed the beginning scenes. I'm trying to remember if that tied in that much because I was, it didn't really, it was a, it just felt kind of unnecessary. Yeah. Which ones? Well, the 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 like, scalping the, you alluded to. No, the no, no, not that. But oh, like, I thought so. Her in the bar and like the I get the pregnancy mm. test was kind of necessary, but I just felt yeah. like the whole bar scene was kind of like later. I was like, did we need that? I don't know. Like, yeah, I kind of agree. With that. That's a big issue I have with horror movies. Is like the the like. It feels like studio noted necessity like necessity to ground it in like. A family story. It was like I just, I just want there to be ghosts, man. That's that's the screenplay that that, that you wrote. <laughs> yeah, they're like making it way intricate with like the baby plot line, which I get it, but I think there was a different way to deliver that than having us go through her whole bar situation. Like I don't know, or her like group. Mm-hmm. group what is they call her a groupie? It was a thing where her sister calls her a groupie. She said she's like a guitar tech or something. Yeah, the the sister storyline was a little bit undercooked, I would say, overall, probably. And then they didn't cook the husband storyline enough, because I was like, is he going to come here? Yeah, it was... Or why are we bringing him up? Like, I guess just to... Sh- well, and, and if he comes here, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to set up some character dynamics for the two sisters that ultimately doesn't really matter in this type of movie, because you know what's going to happen. Like, it's, the mom just gets possessed pretty quickly. Yeah. Just and that's my big beef with like the Conjuring movies, everyone's favorite horror movies, and I agree, right? Just like trying to make them wholesome. These are horror movies. Yeah, we don't care about the wholesome part. Right. The I mean, I liked the character of the little girl and yeah. like the kind of you know precocious kid. It's definitely a counterpoint to Aliens. We'll get into. So I like that, and I like the dynamic of the aunt and stuff, and her like trying to. I don't think she needed to be like maybe pregnant or whatever to. To step into like the the mother figure for or she could have been pregnant without having to establish it. Like they could have been like congratulations. I don't know. There's just another way to than like having her have that whole pee on a stick scene. Honestly, if I was gonna rewrite things, I might do. 
for you don't need to have a father for the kids the main family yeah. you could just be like he left a while ago or whatever he's not he's on a business trip doesn't really matter I would have had maybe the sister coming over saying her husband or her boyfriend left her just now. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. Maybe she knows she's pregnant in a couple of months. Like, I, we found out we were pregnant, and then he left all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, do something like that. That's a little cleaner. But it's, and it's like a faster, like, way into it yeah. than, than the whole... That's what I mean by cleaner. It's a little, yeah. yeah, it's like a little, I don't know. But like we're saying, ultimately, it's about it's about the kills with the evil dead. And that's why I did like the TV show, because it did, I said this already, I guess, but it did have the comedic element more so. Um, and I think I, that's what I like about the, the stuff overall. I mean, in the Evil Dead 2 and stuff, his girlfriend is like a headless, court, you know, her head's just on like a thing. She's like yelling at him like, mm. and stuff like that. And they do stuff like that in this too, like with the mom being mean to the kids and all that stuff, but... Uh, it's a little more cartoony yeah, in the original one. But I could see, I guess, they this, this wasn't tonally all over the place or anything. Like, it, it had a consistent tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it stuck to that. I also really appreciated the female forwardness of it. And also, is that similar in other movies? Or was this in the other Evil Evil Dead movies? No, not really. Yeah, well, in the, in the first three, it's in around Bruce Campbell's character. And kind of everyone but him dies. And, like... The women, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't think I've seen... I think I saw them again sometime last year, but if I'm remembering correctly, the women all get sort of gnarly disfigurements during or after their, like, conversion to the Deadites. Obviously, there's, the, like, the famous, like, wooden fly today sexual assault scene in the uh, both of the first two um, that, that kind of tell the same story. So, no is the answer uh the the remake in 2013 there's like a final girl situation so so definitely getting there i guess we're getting there it's uh the (laughs) the star of that one is like she's like in some show now called like zoe's crazy playlist or something it's that girl like the red head uh girl uh i i saw a sitcom with her back uh earlier in like last decade also that i uh that she was in her name's um I don't remember what her name is. Uh, Jane, it's like Jane something, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Roku has tried to get me to watch that before. The plot of that is, like, I think, of that last Evil Dead with her, is, like, she's, like, a recovering heroin addict or something, and she's, like, going to... The, her friend's bringing her to the cabin to try to get clean or something, I think. That sounds familiar. But anyway, yeah, anything else? I definitely want to talk about Aliens, and we'll compare the, two, the things to you. Anything else about this one, though, that, that's notable... Um, you said there was like kind of direct aliens illusions. There was also a shining reference pretty clearly mm-hmm. with the yeah. the blood from the elevator. The blood, yeah. Thing. But, I'm good. I was gonna say also, Alex, about the choreography kind of aspect because she's mm. a choreographer as well. That that devils in kind of the horror realm with dance. Oh, stage. I don't dabble. I'm I I run a horror dance company, yes. so well, I that make rules. I make horror movement all the time so I, I always I do come into a lot of horror movies looking as a like a a research <laughs> for research but and in, in that I also am picking apart the movement qualities um, but this one had some really interesting movement and I appreciated it I think the lead female I don't remember anybody's name right now but she did an excellent job the and aunt or the mom the, the mom the mom yeah. yeah she really had some fantastic movement and i know there's a lot of like sound editing that goes into like the fake cracking of the the bones but um she did a good job and whoever was directing that i i appreciate it i think they could have pushed 
the boundaries a little bit further. But I again, this movie was more about gore than than the movement, mm-hmm. and I you know I could come in there and fix that, but it's not my job. <laughs> Sam Raimi, call uh, Evil Alex for the next one. Yeah, the the lead actress. I've seen her in the show Vikings that I watched for a while, even though it's a pretty bad show, but. She has definitely, like, a striking kind of face. Yeah, her uh, eyes are really stunning. And, yeah, her, her bone structure is was really perfect yeah. for, for this type uh, of role. Yeah, also, all the main actors in this were Australian, I saw. Oh, which I was almost, true? like, just set it in Sydney or something, but whatever. I mean, That's strange. Yeah, the aunt, the mom, the oldest child, all Australian. Wow. I think the, the middle and younger child are American, but... Also liked, and this is very, like... I'm looking at their bodies, but I liked that it was like, we're wearing short shorts and long t-shirts that are like not conform, like body conforming. I don't know. It was just an interesting mm-hmm. that they both, the the female like adults, they were like very sexy, but not very, like not a typical like, oh, how can we dress them sexy? But just like having them in like PJ shorts. I was like, yes, I'm here for that because it felt more realistic and less like oh running in you know heels or some bullshit that they put women in horror movies and i hate when they dress them like women would never they would never dress like that to go to a cabin or whatever well sometimes you gotta you have to have the heels because then the heel goes through the foot and it's well they're sending up the gorsha but still yeah no it was it's realistic in that way i I like that as well but but speaking of female uh led films i mean let's let's talk about aliens ripley ellen ripley played by sigourney weaver of course maybe the most classic uh, action lead of any uh female action lead of any mm-hmm. film probably yes and she crushed it oh yeah honestly oh, she's so good of course she was in the first one like we mentioned you haven't seen that yet alex which we'll watch that one sometime too i'm a fan of that one also it's a little more of a suspense slow burn this is definitely an action film. Mm-hmm. But Ellen's takes a good, t- and even longer, so in the extended version we watch, but it takes a good and long time to set up as well, which I do also like. I could see the, you mentioned Alex Stern when we were watching it, like, oh, they could cut this scene or something. You said some things like that. I could see it the first time you're watching it feeling that, but like having seen it before, this is maybe only the third time I've seen it, I would say, other than a couple of scenes, you know, I've seen a bunch of times, but like watching it start to finish, this is probably only the third time I think I have. And I appreciated the build more, a lot more this time. I think. Also, I think maybe, not maybe with, slow. With having yeah. some background information, because maybe I was watching things that I just didn't know I should be, like absorbing more. Like as someone who's not seen the first one, I was like, blueprints, neat. Like, why are we lingering on this? Like, I wasn't picking mm, up mm-hmm. that very much, or like spaceships on spaceships and like i just don't i didn't know i didn't have anywhere to start and so for me it it was a little bit i was glad that you were able to give me some background while we watched it but in that same vein i was like you could cut these Mm -hmm. a little shorter like the hallway walk could be shorter you know there's just like moments that could have been cut down especially in the beginning when i was like how long is this gonna be and it and thank god (laughs) it did really build and i actually really enjoyed it i thought by the end i'd be tired but i did not fall asleep 20 minutes to the end, unlike <laughs> maybe some other people here in this room, but, uh, or in this podcast. Well, Eric, well, I've warned you about this before, but you really shouldn't watch your movies in the cryo-sleep chamber. You no, know, you're going <laughs> to, you're going to fall asleep at a certain I always, but, but you know, it's that incredible high right before the cryo-sleep takes over, and that's what I'm chasing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
that one second. Uh, that is, yeah, it's kind of, we're alluding to the fact that Eric said watching it again, he might have uh, fallen asleep in the last 20 minutes. But uh, It's my fault for trying to watch it during the daytime. The nighttime are my hours. In the climax of the movie. Yeah, because I would say the last, uh, probably about hour, but at least the last 45 to 50 minutes of Aliens is, is a pretty much non-stop assault. And yeah, you couldn't mm-hmm. really, I couldn't tear my eyes away from it. But yeah, the beginning yeah. was, it just was a slow build for me because I didn't have anywhere to come from. Mm-hmm. And one thing I want to say about the beginning too that I, that I realized, I think I had heard this before also, I didn't come to it on my own, but I do remember I think also from watching it the first time that I did, which was the, the regular theatrical cut. They don't, The scene where he tell Paul Reiser tells Ripley about what happened to her daughter that she died in her 60s recently is cut from the theatrical version and i think that was a terrible decision it adds a lot to me the fact that with newt and and ripley it adds a a whole other element that she actually did have a daughter and stuff like that that she'll never see again they cut that out of the movie yeah very strange oh that's that's like one of the most key plot points yeah and i mean like i think you can it still certainly works as a great film without that and even not having seen the first one and even if i didn't tell you a couple things about the first one most people could go into this and watch it. I'm sure a lot of people did at the time in 1986, not having seen the first one. Like it's it works as a standalone movie for sure. I think. Yeah. But yeah, that's one scene that I I'm baffled why they would cut that. Um, there's some other ones in there. Like another one that's not in the theatrical version is like is seeing Newt earlier when her family's still alive, and then her dad gets like the face hugger and all that. That whole scene is not in the theatrical one. Mm-hmm. There's well, yeah, these more. scenes had to be cut to make room for all the all the like interminable banter between the Marines that are about to die. Ugh. <laughs> I was truly like, these guys are gonna die, and they're really setting me up for it because I hate all of them so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Right. I mean, I I liked most of that. I mean, so Bill Paxton, Marine character Hudson, is one of the great performances to me. Like, just game over, man. Game over is is a legendary for, uh, line now and everything. But I feel like he, Bill Paxton in general, like Ripley's daughter, he died pretty young in early 60s, unfortunately, maybe a, a few years back. But in the 80s and 90s, he's in so many character actor roles where he's just like one of the best things about the movie. And he's just so gives so many funny lines and line reads and everything. I really think he's one of like the most. I guess after he died and stuff, people appreciate him more now. But he's one of the most underrated like character actors ever, I feel like. Um, for what what value he adds, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Bill Paxton's a king. Uh, we 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 stand. We simply have no choice. Um, I had just the night before I watched Aliens, uh, which I again did in the morning, which was a mistake. Uh, the night before I watched Aliens, I watched Tombstone. I was like, oh, Bill Paxton, he's in everything. Yeah, he is. Tombstone. Not I'm not a big fan of that one, but I love Tombstone. Dude, we're I guess we need to move on because I'm about to get Uh-oh. back. Okay. Um, well, I haven't watched it in a while. Hey, I like the pizza. No, I don't. I was going to say I like the frozen pizza, but that's certainly a lie. No, those are bad. In in Tombstone, 1993, Val Kilmer, at the very end, delivers the coldest line reading in re- recorded history. Um, and I simply won't allow you to hate it. We can move on. Val Kilmer is the best part of it by, by far, I would say. Oh, God, it's so good. I don't know. I, I just think it could be better, maybe. We'll argue this one another time. But yeah, Aliens, so that the general, everyone, most people have seen it if you're listening to this. I'm sure you have, but basically they, Ripley has to go back into space with these Marines. 
the evil what is it yutani something what's the cor- it's such a good name but the evil corporation I think that's it yutani it's something another name in there too they have uh they're terraforming whatever worlds they this paul riser kind of weaselly company guy at first you don't not certain that he's a villain but then pretty you know he is of course by the end he had this plot to like smuggle back the aliens basically for money just evil capitalism whatever and uh that's basically the movie then they have to escape from that and they find the the little girl on there the only survivor basically from the whole colony right but it just it just has like every james cameron and this is one of his earlier films i guess what he's just uh he just knows he's in complete control of like setting up a story and like knowing what a general audience wants to see basically yeah genuinely the genesis of that bill Hader. uh this movie has everything joke um yeah dude it it rules i was reading some stuff about the reviews of it from the time on wikipedia earlier and i guess some people at the time didn't kind of like we're saying how it's a complete assault in the last hour some critics were like it's too much or they weren't used to that i guess or like it, there's no t- room to breathe or it's like too mindless violence or something. exactly first of all i think roger ebert said something like that but yeah i think in retrospect all critics now pretty much love this film see i haven't heard any like alt take of anyone recent being like it's not really that good or whatever but so alex you said you did you did uh enjoy it overall right yeah, definitely. I mean, I was a little bit mad that we watched it right before bed because I felt, like, very stressed out because, like, what you're saying, that last hour, you don't realize, but, like, my shoulders were just creeping up and I wasn't breathing and then I would breathe and then it was like, oh, no, there's more and it would slowly happen again. And so by the end, I was like, I'm so stressed. <laughs> well, so maybe we it's g- not a good bedtime movie. What are we going to do? Watch it at 11 a.m. like Eric and fall asleep? <laughs> what, I don't know what the so middle ground the here is. I don't know. Maybe it's just, a, like, an, a late afternoon into the evening movie okay. or something not right before i love this type of movie at night like I, it's like a cozy <laughs> vibe to me almost i could like, not get cozy in. i was so stressed out <laughs> even go. though i knew like spoiler that the alien definitely jumped mm-hmm. on that last that last ride i was like there's yeah. definitely the alien is on that ship and, and i guess me. that wasn't like a cameron original like uh, uh it's like michael myers still being alive and like uh there it's already established at that point that's set a thing that's a trope already even by 86 right i think yeah yeah i think halloween's like 1977 it's 79 i believe or 78 79. maybe but um around the time the first <laughs> alien came out which i mean from the there's a couple things from the first alien like i said it's a standalone film the chest bursting, all of that, you can pick up on. That's, like, a big thing. That's, like, the big set piece in the first one. The alien bursts out. I think it's Harry Dean Stanton's chest at the dinner table. Ripley even talks about that a little bit in this one with, like, the... I think what she's talking to the Marines or something. There's some verbal callbacks and her, like, dream nightmare in the yeah. hospital callback, I think, that helps. That might be cut from the theatrical one, too, that nightmare. Um, but... The one th- the the nightmares in the theatrical version. It is I okay. Know that. Okay. The one thing I think that is beneficial from seeing having seen the first one to watching this the one the one element I think is the the uh, what do they call them androids or synthetics or what is the word they use? They prefer to be called artificial humans. Okay, that's what he says. Yeah, that tension of is this um, the the one played in this? Um, Hen- Lance Henrik said. He, of course, saves them at the end and everything. He is, like, a good guy. But the in the 
the first movie is the synthetic is played by uh, Bilbo Baggins from Lord of the Rings, whatever that actor's name is. Uh, younger, obviously, but he turns out like he goes evil, basically, or I guess you want to call it evil, the synthetic, but like he goes wrong and starts attacking them and sabotaging them, basically. So that's why, and Ripley talks about it, like she does mention it in this book, kind of, but that the tension of knowing that happened in the first one, I think does work when you watch this one, thinking like, he's gonna turn, is it? And then he's not there at yeah. the end, and she's like, no, damn you, and then he does show up. Like, it's a good, it's it's almost a trick that Cameron does, and it's like, a, even though Cameron had nothing to do with the first Alien movie, I can kind of see where he got the Terminator thing almost from having like the Terminator one is Arnold's evil and then and Terminator two is the good guy like flipping it. It's like it's like an early version of that I think for Cameron a little bit of like right changing when can you trust a robot and when can you not? Robots are not to be trusted first of all. But ultimately, I feel like a difference between so Ridley Scott did the first Alien uh, and a difference between him and James Cameron is like Cameron definitely he is like thinking about even making a super violent movie and all this he is thinking about like the family dynamic and wanting like a family thing i mean especially in terminator 2 and a little bit in avatar in these movies he's he wants like people to have a good somewhat of a good feeling at the end i feel like terminator gets melted at the end of t2 but he's like giving the thumbs up and the kid and all this stuff and then in this one the girl is saved until apparently she gets killed off screen before alien 3 but which i've still never actually oh, seen yeah, Cameron didn't direct Alien 3. There was David mm-hmm. Fincher, and um, Fincher, like, it was his first movie, and he, like, disowned it. He said, like, the studio changed it or someone changed it. It's not what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And they killed... I've never seen it. I think I've seen a couple scenes, but I just never got the urge to watch it because I heard bad things about it. I probably should as a com- you know completionist, but I'm sure I will sometime. But I guess the Michael Bean character, the like Hicks guy... And new die off screen before Alien Three starts, and also the um, Hendrickson's not in it. The synthetic, uh, artificial human—they're all. Damn. And then like Ripley ends up on like some penal colony or something. Well, it's like they all die off screen, and then she's the only one somehow brought back. It's not. It's not the best Alien movie. That's frustrating mm-hmm. because I feel like the dynamic between Ripley and Newt is so mm-hmm. captivating. Like. Yes. Once they were both, like, they're like, we're in it for each other, like, fuck these men, everyone sucks, no one's listening to the women, and it's like, okay, they have this relationship, and it just makes you, you, you immediately are rooting for them. James Cameron does an excellent job, or whoever is writing, like, making you just be like, oh my god, it's so easy to choose a team here, and it's yeah. it's team, team girl, you know? And I think they kind of set up the Michael Bean character, Hicks, as being a, you know, he's a good guy because he does start listening to her and stuff. And that's like a way to show that he's, he's uh, good, basically. Right. There, when, when, when the guy's uh, like, you, you, you don't give orders here, uh, next in command would be this guy. And he just says exactly what she just said. Yeah. And I'm trying to see, oh, I don't see her name anywhere. I'm now I'm back on the Wikipedia for this, but... At the time, Cameron was married to uh, Catherine Bigelow, and I think she did collaborate with him and stuff on his films, or vice versa, they did for each other, and, like, obviously she's one of the uh, most decorated uh, female directors of all time, so I, well, I was wondering Catherine if Catherine Bigelow any... directed the greatest film of all time. Yes, uh, Point Break? Yes. I should have pulled a joke one, like, and said, uh, what, Strange Days or something. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, so I wonder if she had any influence on on it, the scripts at all, or or the setup. I don't see anything on here officially, but it's it's possible. But yeah, definitely for the mid '80s too. Like yeah, that's pretty novel. I would say this is the time of yeah Arnold and Stallone and all that sort of thing, uh, as being the dominant action figures. Yeah, she she was excellent. When it, it's so funny because we're we're talking about how cool it is that she has that relationship with Newt. And that in the in the director's cut, that like it's a clear draw, draw on like I lost my daughter while I was asleep in in space or whatever. It's weird because that's kind of exactly the opposite of what we said about uh, Evil Dead Rise, uh, which is just like I guess what we're actually arguing for is please let a master like Jim Cameron do it, and if if you can't do it like him, don't. Yeah, yeah. I still appreciated the trouble, I guess, in Evil Dead Rise, like I. Like I said, I did like the girl character and like, you know, I like that being the final, the, they're the final girls, basically, you know, quote unquote final girls, the aunt and, and niece. But yeah, when you compare it to this, this is like one of the best versions. So oh, it's, yeah. it's tough. Yeah. And Newt is, uh, her, the actor's name is Carrie Henn. Did a very good job. Although she sounds weirdly, she's from Florida, but she sounds weirdly there's British like at a, points of it. There's like a couple moments where I was like, wait, yeah. is this kid British? She sounds like the kids in uh, Mad Max 3. Yeah, who are probably British or Australian. Yeah. And this was filmed in England, I believe. So, like, maybe was she, like, hearing people talk, like, on the crew and stuff, and, like, she's a little kid, just, like, getting, I don't know. And but, they didn't have her do it again, yeah. Yeah. But she didn't act at, at all after this. She just didn't want to be an actor, I guess, even though this is an iconic role. I respect that. And she's an elementary school teacher get here in, in Southern get California. Get in and get out and yeah. get... You know, you, you did one of the coolest films ever. Like, get your... Where's there to go from here? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, you've, yeah. you've done it. You've maxed it out. But most of the people in this movie didn't really have a big career. Uh, uh, Bill Paxton, we talked about, did have a pretty big career, ultimately. But, um, obviously, Sigourney Weaver does, but still. But all the other kind oh, of okay. side characters don't really do too much. Lance Henriksen, I guess, does, does a lot, some... Michael Bean is in Tombstone, so... Oh, he's in Tombstone also? Okay. He's Johnny Ringo, bro! Oh, okay, I forgot about that. I, I, like I said, it's been a while. Uh, yeah, Michael Bean, I guess, that's one of the people I'm thinking of, though. He, I feel like he could have had a bigger career. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think her name's Jeanette Goldstein. Uh, no, I'm blanking on the character's name, but... Uh, Veracruz? What is her name? Is it the... Oh, Vasquez. It's Vasquez. Vasquez. Yeah. Vasquez is, like, a pretty badass uh, in this, too, and I don't think she... That actor did a whole lot either. Vasquez does fucking rule. Uh, by the way, you guys are below a nuclear reactor. You cannot use guns. Just does not give a fuck. Yeah. That yeah. is like, what? probably. No. <laughs> yeah. I like how they're passing <laughs> around attacked. extra rounds like gum in class or something. <laughs> like just, yeah. That is the coolest scene in the movie, and it's the it's the thing that I was specifically reminded of when I was watching Evil Dead. That is the reason we have to talk about these two movies together. Um, which is the helplessness of like them watching from the truck on those, like, grainy, like, sub-VHS-quality video monitors as basically in, like, Blair Witch-style found footage one by one. Like, all, they, they all just get murked. It is so cool. The tension, the helplessness. I I love that scene so much, and it's exactly what I was thinking of when they were looking out the... Oh, the eye holes. In uh, Evil Dead Rise, yeah. What are those fucking things called? Are they called eye holes? That can't be right. What, what are... People. People, okay, yeah. that's right. 
And also in the aliens in the scene you're talking about and the whole part, the commanding officer is like the ultimate cuck, basically. Like gets gets knocked unconscious yeah. on the ship. No one respects him. Ripley completely takes over, <laughs> um, and then he just deals with it. Cause, but even he he's has so like a little redemption. Tries, yeah, yeah. He's so useless that he tries to apologize, and they're like, "Shut the fuck up!" Yeah. Like this movie's long, but we don't have time for this right now. God. Yeah, I, I could talk about this for a while. I mean, we'll want to wrap up soon here, but is there any negatives, I guess, that we'll, we'll say since we're praising it so much? I mean, I guess we mentioned a, a couple of scenes were a little, maybe unnecessary, maybe some were cut out rightly in the first place from the long version, but obviously some were stupidly cut, it seems like. My only negative is that it must have been insane in 1986, but when they look up in the vents and the aliens are all like monkey bar crawling upside down toward them, that's not cool or scary now. Yeah. But it must have been wild in 1986. Like, what was that uh, David Cronenberg movie like? That would have, fl- I would have flipped my shit. Oh, the, uh, the brood that we watched? Yeah. If I'd been like 13 years old when it came out, I would have lost it. Um, but I'm a, an adult in 2023. The visual effects of the aliens were in the first alien movie were done by H.R. Giger, who's like a legendary artist, like Dutch or something. And he wanted to do, I read also on Wikipedia, the effects for this one, but he was contractually obligated to do Poltergeist 2 instead in the same time as filming, so he couldn't do it. So these ones were done by also a pretty legendary effects person that I'm blanking on now, but... But I do think the Giger ones in the first one are pretty striking and, like, horror, you know. But I don't know, like, the the mother alien in this is pretty pretty good visual, also pretty iconic. Yeah, I like the mouths. It's very alien. Like, it, mm. even though I haven't seen any of these movies, I was like, oh, that's, that's like... You've probably true. seen it before, I, I'm right? sure I've, see, I've yeah. seen Alien, like, as a representative mm. figure. But I find it really interesting that they use, like... It's almost like looks, I mean, I'm sure it is, and it looks metallic, or it looks like it's made of metal, it moves like it's made of metal, but then everything mm-hmm. is slimy, and you're, mm-hmm. and my brain yeah. is kind of like, how? Yeah. Because in, like, nature, this doesn't exist, but, like, that's kind of part of it, I think, but it is, like, fascinating, because you're seeing the, like, how they've created it, but also watching it, yeah. you know, come to life through through film, it's it's interesting what they've chosen to the choices they made yeah yeah and it looks invincible too like like you were saying it looks like it's made of metal like it looks unstoppable which is the great joke from like independence day eight years later nine years later whatever it's just like oh yeah we got one of the aliens out of their suits they're they're tiny little tentacle men Um, (laughs) yeah yeah. that's i I love the scene where she's where it's like all tense with all the eggs around it too and then eventually she starts flaming them up and I'm, I thought of this yesterday, too. I think I said when we were watching, but at the end, but like, oh, this was like a pretty good film to watch on Mother's Day, which, was one, <laughs> yeah. which it was yesterday when we watched it. Nice. It is moms fighting, basically, at the end of... Uh, it really is two two mothers fighting over a daughter that's not theirs, like a do- an adopted daughter, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. God, that, I mean, that fight with the Mechaluder, nobody needs to tell them. It's so fucking cool. And of course, like the people mover thing or whatever, is such a James Cameron thing, also, and like setting that yeah. up, and you know that's gonna come back. Finally, does, yeah. Well, I think that's uh, 
that's our th- thoughts on that one. It, it was really nice to watch a classic like that. Like it, just uh, and I do like a lot of the classic uh, older films. I make you watch too, and and I enjoy enjoy the experience of watching them and rewatching them. But there is something about this little more modern style of action movie. All the stuff that's just like it's just no problem. Like you can just sit back and and uh, crack it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for you. Next time I make you watch it, you won't be stressed. You'd be like, "This, this was great." <laughs> so now we'll go watch Alien Three and get depressed. Everyone, I think that's the next step. But uh, yeah, I think we should watch maybe Evil Dead Two or or Army of Darkness together. Uh, Evil Alex, I'm I, I'm due for a rewatch on those. Hell, maybe we'll even watch Tombs. Tombs sounds so good. You don't know what you're missing. But uh, yeah, that that's gonna. About to, I mean, we didn't get a new nickname for you. I was thinking like alien, alienx, alien. No, no that's not. Know. That's that's we pretty weak. I guess we should wrap it up. I do want to ask you how to close that book because it is still open in the corner, and I, I'm worried I'm gonna paper cut myself on those claw things again. So maybe we can use the alien baby to cut to close them. Oh yeah, get those out of the freezer and show me how that yeah. that works. But yeah. They're in like the cryo thing. Wait, it's not a cryo thing, but whatever mm. they were the containers that the alien baby things were in, the face eater parts. That's mm. what I have in the Oh, oh you've got the like tanks and everything. Yeah, so you're tank. good. It's like you're, a small you're all tank. set. You know, it's like a it's a portable size. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's and perfect. that's why we have to move too because like also our other our hallway is like has all that stuff over it like they're walking through and yeah, it's we gotta get it's out getting of here. gross yeah um, not enough not space for your face on the collection <laughs> but yeah so everyone to stay subscribed to brooklyn rebound network here we should have some other uh fun episodes out too on the feed here and of course stay watching some good films we'll we'll look into maybe what we'll we'll uh talk about next time um but we can uh we can do that off mic uh, eric but i want to keep uh going with uh looking at this, the calendar for the summer of 2023 here and see if there's any anything interesting maybe there will be a, a new classic blockbuster like aliens i'm a little skeptical but hopefully we'll get something one of these days but that should do it and we'll be up out of here peace Productions.